Amen. As a savior, amen. amen. We believe in the Holy Ghost amen. and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe in what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the yeah. life. Hallelujah. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we belong amen. to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We are the Lord's. Amen. amen. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. We are privileged that by grace of God, we have another addition to the PRWC family. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And there is another reason why we've gathered here today. Yes. Not only to come and worship God, but to dedicate a baby also. Amen. To the grace of the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Yes. Amen. And that is a testimony in itself. Yes, 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 yes. So, after Abena talks, then you know that the Lord who did it for Abena. Yes. Hallelujah. As David Amen. said. Amen. He's the same God. Who will do it for you too. It doesn't change. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. We are privileged to have our district pastor here amongst us. So without wasting much time, we have Pastor Hayford Jumper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 sin, when we were caught up in the foulest snare, you took us out, you blessed us with the blessings of Abraham through Christ, you established our feet on a solid ground in Christ, Give us hope, the future. You protected us. You're jealous over us. We want to say thank you, Lord. 
We want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Our gathering this morning is unto you alone. Not unto any man, but unto you, Christ. Your people have gathered. Bless them this morning. Holy Spirit, minister to them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you all. Praise team. God bless you for a wonderful ministration this morning. I haven't spoken to you in a long while. This morning, my beautiful wife is also here. Amen. amen. Give God glory and honor and praise. You are also here by the grace of God. And you know this whole week we have been engaged in the National Encounter with the Holy Spirit program. We've spoken quite a lot about the Spirit of God. And today, by the grace of God, we're going to climax, climax uh, the program with a topic that I entitled Holy Spirit Empowerment. As a matter of fact, this is a topic that has been given to us to treat this morning, Holy Spirit Empowerment. Holy Spirit Empowerment. Holy Spirit Empowerment. The Holy Spirit gives us power. Praise the Lord. I want to read two portions of scripture. First scripture is taken from Acts chapter number 19, verses 1 through 6. Acts 19, verses 1 through 7, actually. And once we're done with that, I would ask for, um, yeah, we'll just dwell on that for now. Acts chapter 19, if you can project that. Bible says that, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Amen. Oh, I said amen. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And then Bible continues to say, We have not so much... What version is that? New King James Version. Okay. Let's read from verse 2 together. Let's go. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. 3. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. Five. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. Amen. The Holy Spirit empowerment. 
There is something interesting in scripture, and that is that in the Old Testament, Bible says that God foreseeing, looking into the future, and knowing that the Gentiles would come into the fold of the family of God. When God foresaw that happening, he preached the gospel to Abraham. Hallelujah. He preached the gospel to Abraham and he said, blessings, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. And God gave Abraham the promise that all nations will be blessed through you. I want you to note that right from the beginning, God's intent and his plans and purposes was that even though he had chosen a nation called Israel first and isolated one man called Abraham to bless, God had the intention that through him, nations, all nations will be blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. So Bible says that those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, who is the man of faith. Praise God. Now, how was God going to accomplish this feat? One man, one man called Abraham that he had the encounter with and gave him that covenant promise. And he said, through this one man, all nations will be blessed. Abraham was a mortal being. We don't know Abraham right now. We don't see, he's not around right now. He died a long time ago. So then how is God going to use a mortal being and through him bless all nations? I believe the answer to that scripture, that question is in scripture in Galatians 3, 13. Bible says that Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. And get this, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Beloved of God. So God's plan, God's initiative, God's purpose was to use Abraham and through the descendants of Abraham, through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and through Jesus Christ. That blessed promise that God spoke to Abraham would reach all nations. Note the scripture in Galatians 3. It says that, that through Jesus Christ, we, you and I, might receive this blessing and the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Today we are going to do some teaching, so stick with me. Hallelujah. God bless you. So this promise to Abraham that is being passed through Jesus to us, you and I, is twofold. Even as Galatians 3 13 is talking about number one that God will bring a people like you and I unto himself that you will be saved through Jesus Christ that you will be grafted into the family of God that you'll be able to come bold into his presence and say that you are also a child of God hallelujah that you will be able to look in the face of the enemy 
and say that no matter what breathings you breathe upon me, no matter what utterances negative you declare upon me, I have someone who is behind me. His name is Jesus Christ. He is a God Almighty who is with me. Praise the Lord. That will be able to say that I no longer wobble in sin. I no longer double rather in sin. But this, this Jesus Christ has taken me out of the pit of the miry clay. And has set my feet into the family of God. I am stable in the family of God. But that wasn't the end. In Galatians 3, 13 and 14, the last part of the 14... Bible says that not only that you are grafted into the kingdom of God, otherwise, in other words, not only are you blessed by the blessings of Abraham, but also God through Christ will add even more to it. And that is that you will receive the promise of the spirit of God through faith. I like that amen that came from here. Hallelujah. This part of the amen is constant. You know, uh, when you have uh, Mama Gloria in the house, when you have Evelyn in the house, you have constant amen. This part of the house, I don't worry. But when a big amen comes from this place, then it means a rhema had fallen on the ground. Hallelujah. So Jesus said that, Abraham, I will bless you. And through you, a group of people will be blessed. There's no time to go into the teachings and also the, 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 the disagreements among the disciples. They didn't get this scripture right. So Bible says that they were so and, and they, were, they, they were so angry, not angry, but frustrated to know that the Gentiles would also come into the presence of God. But God had already spoken it through Abraham right from the beginning. When you read Acts chapter 11 verse 1, even the disciples, the apostles, they could, not, they could not contain the fact that Gentiles like you and I will also come and sup and receive the blessings of God. They didn't agree. Hallelujah. When God appeared to Peter and, 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 and compelled him to go to the house of Cornelius, he, he, he couldn't get the vision. He couldn't understand what God meant because, come on, Cornelius is a Gentile. Beloved of God, Jesus, I be old. It's a PRW, so I can't speak to you. God has done great things. Amen. For, for, for your information, there's a difference between God has done great things and Jesus, I be. Somehow, the Jesus, I be, is so strong and powerful. Put your hands together for Jesus. God has done great things. If it had not been for the Lord, that song that came, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, where would we have been? Don't take it for granted. Hallelujah. If it were such that these blessings would just be among a group, a certain small group of people, you and I would be in trouble. But he said, Abraham, I bless you. Anyone who blesses you, I will bless Anyone who curses you, I will curse. But you know what? It's not about you, Abraham. It's about the people that I foresee many, many years, generations to come, that I want to use you to extend that blessings to them. I will bless them. I will draw them into the fold. But also, I will shower my, the promise of the Holy Spirit upon them. This morning, that is what I want us to focus on. The promise of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Then also when we are getting close to the end of the message, we will examine Paul's, Paul's question. Paul said, he went to the church, 12 members, small church. He said, ah, so did, did, did you receive the, the promise of the Holy Spirit? He looked at the church and something prompted him. See, Paul knew about this scripture that we are talking about, that God has the promise right from the beginning for everyone. So the moment you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is more to receive. That is the Holy Spirit. So when Paul went and saw the believers and, and watched how they were doing the things in the house of God and he was looking at them, Apollos didn't teach them well. Yesterday I was, I was, I was speaking to the leaders. I said, Apollos didn't teach them well because Apollos, all he knew was the baptism of John. 
But when Paul stepped in and saw the way they were behaving, they were Christians. Bible says that they've been taught the way of Christ very well, but they had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This morning, I know that you might be, you might have been a Christian for 50 years, a Christian for 90 years, for 20 years. If you've been a Christian for 90 years and you're still here, please raise up your hand. I'll pray for you. You've been a Christian for a long time. I know that you belong to the family of God. I know that you have experience. You're matured in Christ. I know all that. But the question that I want to ask is, have you received the promise of the Holy Spirit? Because there is more. There is more to just being saved by Christ. There is more. There is a promise of the Holy Spirit. Let us look to a few scriptures that will buttress this point and will bring our message to an end. Acts chapter 19, like I said, Paul saw them, knew that they were Christians, knew that they are blessed through the blessings of Abraham, knew that they are people who proclaim the name Jesus. Apollos had taught them the ways of Christ, so there was no issue, but Paul said that you need more. And what you need is a blessing of the Holy Spirit. Once upon a time, the membership of this church was 120. Just 120 people who probably had rented an upper room. And they were cowering in fear because Christ had been crucified, resurrected, and was about to ascend to heaven. They didn't know what their future looked like. Jesus appeared to them in John 20, 25 and breathed unto them and said, Peace be unto you. After they had received and believed that Jesus had risen up from the dead, their salvation were complete, was complete. But they had gathered up in the upper room, 120 of them. Jesus saw them and knew that the task ahead of them was so grave and great that they needed something extra. They needed something extra. They needed something more powerful than what they had possessed hitherto. They needed to be thrusted into a power that surpasses all powers. Jesus said, don't step foot in Jerusalem anywhere. Stay in that place. I know you are Christians. I know you've believed in me. I know that you have walked in me. I know you are disciples. They were women. They were men. They were fired for Christ. But Jesus knew that that wasn't enough to live a successful Christian life to overcome sin. That wasn't enough for them to go and be powerful witnesses to witness concerning the word of God. Jesus knew that wasn't enough. He said, tarry. Remain. Don't go anywhere until this promise of the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The Bible says that when the Spirit of God, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. You needed to wait and receive something. They needed something more. Hallelujah. They needed something more. Somebody say something more. They needed something more. Yes, they were Christians. Yes, they knew everything that they needed to know. But Jesus said, for you to really succeed in this job, for you to really succeed in this task, tarry and rest until you receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Praise the Lord. They needed more. They needed more. They were saved, but they needed more. This morning, if you are here and you are saved, thank God for your life. But you need more. If you are here and you are saved and you know that you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this morning is your opportunity. Praise the Lord. You will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you will receive a totally different power. When you read Acts chapter 2, Verse 36, Acts chapter 2, verse 36, the verse 39 will be our second scripture. When the Spirit of God came upon the disciples and they went out to preach, Bible says that Peter stood up and preached. 2,000 people got saved. On one occasion, 1,000 people got saved. But in one of those, in one of the sermons, after he had preached, the people were cut to their hearts 
so much that the word of God convicted them so much that they said that brethren what should we do what should we do given this message that has come so powerfully after the baptism of the Holy Spirit the people were cut to their hearts and said brethren what should we do Peter said repent praise the Lord be baptized praise the Lord and then you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit You've heard the message. Peter said, you've heard the message. You've believed. Repent from your sins. Praise the Lord. And once you repent from your sins, you will be baptized. And after you've been baptized, it doesn't end over there. There is more. You will receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Bible says that promise is for you and I. It is for our descendants. That promise is not only for pastor, not only for the apostle, presiding elder, deacons, deaconesses. That promise is for any Christian who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will receive that promise. Acts chapter 8 verse 5. So I'm trying to establish that there are two things that needs to occur in the life of any Pentecostal Christians. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved, but also you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Philip, after the Lord had baptized the disciples with the Holy Spirit, after they'd received power, they turned Jerusalem upside down. Anywhere they go, they preach, they get them in front of the Sanhedrins and, and then the civic leaders will question them. Didn't we tell you not to preach this gospel? Peter was so bold because the, the, he had received that which was more, which was the Holy Spirit. He said, do I listen to you or do I listen to God? The power on them was so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then they, 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 Peter convinced them to the point that they didn't know what to do. They said, okay, we release you back, but don't mention that name Jesus again. They went right back and did the exact same thing. Mentioned the name Jesus. They called them back and they said that this time, this is the pagan talking. This time, you have infested the whole of Jerusalem with the name Jesus. The power had gotten on them so much that the pagan, this is not a testimony of the Christian. The civic leaders said that we know that that teaching has reached everyone in Jerusalem. What is wrong with you guys? Didn't I tell you not to preach this message? But they couldn't stop. They got persecuted several times. The Spirit of God wanted them to move out of Jerusalem. And they were so comfortable in Jerusalem, spreading the name Jesus in Jerusalem. And I believe that after the whole place in Jerusalem was infested with the name Jesus, persecution had to come in so that the Spirit of God will move them away from Jerusalem. Because the Bible says that they will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, into the uttermost part of the world. So once the work was done and completed in Jerusalem, persecution had to come in to push them out. Bible says that Philip took his ministry to Samaria. In Acts chapter 8 verse 5, Philip preached in Samaria. And scripture says that the Simon the sorcerer, witches and wizards, they understood Philip's ministry to the point that scripture said that even Simon believed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word went to Jerusalem that, guys, something is happening in Manchester, Connecticut. Something is happening in Samaria. Philip has turned Samaria upside down. People are believing. Miracles are happening. So, Bible says that in Jerusalem, the apostles appointed Peter and John to Samaria to investigate what was going on. Hallelujah. The anointing was too much in Manchester, PIWC, Manchester, Connecticut. The apostle appointed some people from the regional office to come and see what is going on here. That was Philip's ministry. Oh, why are you looking at me so quietly like that? The Lord is with us. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. So Philip's ministry transcended Jerusalem, went to Samaria, and the apostles went and said, Philip, what's going on here? 
Bible says when they arrived, they saw new believers. These new believers were poised for Christ. But Bible says, they asked them, have you believed in the Holy Spirit? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit had not come upon these people. They had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus. So Bible says that Peter and John knew that what was left for these believers was for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So they prayed for them. And Samaria's church moved from just believing in Jesus and being baptized in water to believing in Jesus, being baptized in water and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. This morning, beloved of God, it is not only, I'm not saying you won't, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you won't go to heaven if you don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What takes us to heaven is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. Bible says in, in Romans that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you believe that he died, buried, resurrected on the third day, rose from the dead, you will be saved. Hallelujah. So let me establish that. That is sound doctrine. But then you need power to be able to overcome sin. Do you know that you need the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit to overcome sin? Do you know that you need power and the strength of the Holy Spirit to be an effective witness? Do you know that you need the power and the promise of the Holy Spirit to give you spiritual gifts, the tools you need to operate in the house of God and be a blessing to one another in the church? And that is exactly what the brethren in Samaria needed. Hallelujah. Acts 10.44. Bible says that Peter was sent to Cornelius' house. Bible says Cornelius and his, and his family, they were devout Christians. They were devout people. Maybe, probably more devout than you and I. Cornelius and his household, they did everything right in the way of the Lord. But God knew that they needed the promise of the Holy Spirit. God knew that they needed something more. So God revealed to Peter. Peter fell into a trance. And all of a sudden he saw some things that he was not supposed to eat usually. God said, get up and eat it. God gave him an explanation of the vision. Hallelujah. And I remember what the Lord has done. I will never go back. Anymore, when I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back anymore. No, 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 I will never go back anymore. Oh, no, 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 I will never go back anymore. What Cornelius needed was something more, not just where he was at. Spiritually, he needed to be emboldened. He needed to receive power from on high. So God revealed all this to Peter. Peter questioned God. Really? He's a Gentile. God said, eh, that one, there is a new kind of move that he's going to be part. Get up your loins. Go to that place and baptize him with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And that's exactly what Cornelius did. This is the example that blows my mind. We know of a young man called Saul whose conversion is the most convincing conversion ever in the book of Acts. Bible says on his way to Damascus, in Acts chapter 9, 15, on his way to Damascus to persecute the Christians. 
Scripture said that Jesus encountered him or he encountered Christ. Jesus mentioned his name, Saul. When God mentions your name three times, Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? You know you are in trouble. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right there, Saul believed. Saul who became Paul believed right there. Bible says he was stricken with blindness and he went and lived on straight street. Straight street. Think about it all. He believed and he went and lived on straight street. Hallelujah. I mean, if you have a Christian living on straight street, he is a real Christian. No crooked street. He lived on straight streets. And because of his reputation in the community, nobody would want to go near this Saul, this brand new Christian who has believed, who have believed. Bible says that God revealed the condition to Ananias. Praise the Lord. Said Ananias, Saul has believed. Ananias is God, what? That guy? He has believed. God said, yes, I'm going to use him. Get up. Get up. He has believed, but he needs more. He needs something more. He has believed, but in order for him to be effective, Ananias, I want you to go there. And Bible says that when Ananias, when he called him brother, Paul, you know when you are called, when you use the, ter- the title brother, it means you are saved. So, Saul was saved. Ananias knew that he said, all of a sudden, he didn't call him Paul, Saul said, Brother Paul, Brother, brother Nathan, you know when, when they call you Brother Nathan, you know you are, you are saved. When you are in church and somebody calls you, sometimes the brother is even more potent than the elder. Say, Bro- Brother George, you know, uh, S- Sister Cecilia. Th- those, are, those are the saved people. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. Sister Comfort, you mean that they are saved. Dickness, those, they came later. The original salvation gives you the title, Brother Paul, Sister Cecilia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I'm trying to liven up the church a little bit. Praise the Lord. But Ananias called him brother, but he knew that he needed more. He laid his hands on him. Prayed for him. The Bible says that his scales fell upon from his eyes. He could see all of a sudden and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The church needs to be vibrant and fiery because the Spirit of God comes upon the church to give the church power. Hallelujah. The church needs to respond to the things of God because the Spirit, any Spirit-filled Bible-believing church is never dull because the presence of God is there. When the church is dull, when the church is, is when you call meetings and they don't show up. When you call for prayer meetings and they don't show up. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They never show up. They come only on Sunday. There's something wrong with the church. The spirit that came upon the church had dissipated. The spirit doesn't leave. But Paul told Timothy, stir up. Stir up the gift of God in you. I pray that this morning there will be a stirring of the members of the PIWC right now listening to the sound of my voice. Let there be a stirring. Let that spirit that you received, unless you never received the spirit. If you never received the spirit of God, and today is your opportunity. But if you receive the spirit of God and COVID has choked it, and the pressures of life have choked it, and the pressures of the family has choked it, then let us arise and have a little stirring in our midst this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Paul needed to receive more. Ananias gave it to him. But beloved of God, this Paul, after he received more, after he began to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, went to the church in Ephesus. And then he saw the church. He saw the way the church was doing things. And he said, did you you actually receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What might have prompted Paul to ask that question? This is not in scripture, but there are certain things that are revealed. 
Water might have am I able to say it like that? Huh? What ah, might have prompted Paul to look at the church and ask, did you, did, 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 did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Maybe he saw that the church was dull. Maybe he saw that the church was not operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Maybe he saw that the people were sick and they were praying over their heads, over their bodies for several years and they are still in the same condition. Maybe he saw that there was some, maybe Paul experienced that he calls for prayer meeting, they don't show up. Did you, did, did you receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Is it true? Did you actually, has the Spirit of God come upon you? Hallelujah. This morning, that is a question I want us, I want us to see Paul's question as an important question for us as a church and as individuals. Did you personally ask yourself if Paul showed up in this house and was having a tete-a-tete -tete discussion with you, trying to size your spiritual maturity, trying to figure you out, will Paul doubt whether or not you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, the Bible says you shall receive power and you will be my witnesses. When the Holy Ghost come upon you, you will receive 1 Corinthians 12 and chapter 14. You will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You will operate in the giftings of the Holy Spirit. I believe that Paul did not see any of these things happening in the church. It is not in the scripture verbatim, but I pondered about this question and it's so relevant. Did you Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Does your life evidence the fullness of the Spirit? Church, when was the last time that even in the course of worship, the Spirit of God came upon someone and prophesied to edify the church, to build the church up? When? When was the last time? When was the first time? When was the last time? When was the last time that there are tangible miracles that occurred under the auspices of the Holy Spirit? When was the last time? Not that I can see, but I can see people like trees. Trees that you can see clearly. When was the last time? When was the last time that the keyboards ministered, the drama played, and the people got so convicted that they even prophesied. When was the last time? Did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? When was the last time that the Spirit of God came upon you so strongly and said, Brother, I know you are going through such and such a thing in your life, but the Lord is ministering to you. Do this. Word of knowledge. When was the last time it was manifest in the church? Word of wisdom. Directed from the Spirit of God. Paul said that, beloved of God, I perceive that this trip that we are going to take, we are going to be shipwrecked, we are going to have trouble. He could see in the future because he was operating in the words, the, the, the gift of wisdom. Jesus told the man, the, the, the Samaritan woman, I said, oh, it is true that you're telling me that you don't have a husband because I know that the one that you are out with right now, you're not even married. It's a word of knowledge. Ability to say what is in the present and what is in the past. Facts concerning individuals in the church, individuals that God put around us so that they will be edified. When was the last time these things happened? When was the last time? Peter said, Jesus Christ, no, 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 don't say that. You are not going to suffer. You are not going to die from a clear conscience. But Jesus was able to discern the spirit behind that speech and said, that, get thee behind me, Satan. When was the last time that we were able to delineate between what the spirit of darkness was camouflaging and telling the church and what the spirit of God was telling the church? The discernment of spirits, the gifts of God that you receive after you receive the Holy Ghost baptism. When was the last time that was manifest in the church? When was the last time that someone was spoke? I had known this last time somebody in the church spoke and spoke by faith that we are able to do this. As for that one, PRW said, I know that it happened. You were able to get this building because of your gift of faith. Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
that a small group of people was able to raise about $220,000 in excess to purchase this building. As for that one, I give it to you. It was the gift of faith. I said, put your hands together for Jesus one more time. Praise the Lord. By the working of miracles, when was the last time that you see the face of things and order, something that has been projected in a particular order, and because of your words, backed by the Spirit of God, change the course of action, miracles happened. Gifts, power gifts of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time that true manifestation of the gift of healing occurred in the church? When was the last time? When Paul comes into the church, he might ask that question. Did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? When was the last time? The Bible talks about the workings of miracles, discernment of spirit. These are all gifts that come alongside with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they are meant to edify the church. They are meant to keep us vibrant. They are meant to keep our faith in Christ, and most importantly, they are also meant to keep us reach out for people to believe in the potency of the name Jesus. Coming in Sunday and going out Sunday afternoon and waiting for the whole week, and coming in another Sunday and going out after, I'm sorry, that is not good. That is receiving the salvation message, accepting it and enjoying it but not receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and using the power thereof to reach out to people. May we encourage one another. When was the last time that we operated in the gifts of tongues? Gift of tongues. And I'm talking about the charisma, not the doria. The doria is just the edification. The tongues that you speak that edifies you, edifies anyone who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that there is an evidence of speaking in tongues. That is the doria. All of us who have received the Spirit of God are able to speak in those kind of tongues. But there is the other gift, which is the charisma, which is the words that God speaks through his people to the church in a form of prophecy to edify the church. And when those words come, you will not understand, but then there's another in the midst of the congregation or yourself who is able to, who has a gift of interpretation and interpret to the church and say that thou sayest the Lord. When was the last time? Paul walks into this place. He might ask the question, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Beloved of God, my purpose this morning is not to put you down, but to stir you up, to rise up and say that, you know what? Yes, I am saved, but I need more. Yes, I am saved, but Jehovah baptized me with the Spirit and grant me the gifts of the Spirit. Let me tell you something. The gift of the Spirit is not, does not only dwell on the apostles and the pastors. No. In fact, in fact, whilst you are preaching, God has appointed people that he will shower his gift upon. Bible says that he distributes it severally. Severally. This morning, if you are hungry for the gift, you will receive that gift. Amen. Oh, I said amen. Oh, say amen. If you are hungry for that gift, you will receive that gift. How do we do this? The only thing that I've said, I've, I've believed in, and I know works all the time, that anything good that comes from God, he gives it to us by grace and through faith. Praise the Lord. Oh, I said praise the Lord. So this morning, if you are willing and you have faith, a simple prayer, he will endow you with that gift. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. By grace through faith. By grace through faith. The grace of God is abundant. Let us look at the examples I gave. These people, they were, they were human beings like you and I. But they believed. They had faith. They obeyed. And the Lord gave them the gift. The criteria is simple. Have you repented? Are you saved? Are you, do you call yourself 
a son and daughter of God. He came to his own, his own received him not. But to them that received him, who believed in his name, he gave them power to become the children of God. If you're here and you know that you're a child of God, this is for you. If you know that you're not a child of God, you haven't received that power. He came to his own. His own received him not. But they that received him, if you have received him, they that believe in his name, if you have believed in his name, he gives you the ability, the opportunity, the privilege to become the child of God. If you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. If you have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to believe to become the child of God. Now you've become the child of God, just like we've said in scripture, what you need next is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what you receive in a, with that is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There is no time to go through all the gifts. I went through painstakingly all the gifts and wrote definitions. I can email it to you. Wrote the definitions of these gifts and explanations of these gifts and, and areas in scripture where these gifts were manifest. We don't have time to go through that. But suffice to say that they are revelatory gifts, they are uh, uh, utterance gifts, and they are power gifts. When you look at the utterance gift, the gift that you say, they are speaking in tongues, prophesying, and interpretation of tongues. They are all vocal gifts. Hallelujah. And they are revelatory gifts. They are the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discernment of spirits. And then they are power gifts. These are gifts that do. Hallelujah. These are gifts that do. They do something. And that is working of miracles, healing. Working of miracles, healing. And what's the third one? Sorry? Sorry? Faith and the gift of faith. Those are gifts that do something. Praise the Lord. It was the gift of faith that made you do this by the grace of God. This morning, I want you to hunger and thirst after these gifts. Don't be satisfied with where you are. Spiritually, don't be satisfied. Count everything not and open your spirit up and say, God, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit already, pray, your prayer should be, stir up these gifts in me, Jehovah. If you haven't, your prayer would be, baptize me in the name of Jesus. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And then from today onwards, act in faith the manifestation of the spirit of God will be evident in your life. Shall we be on our feet?